Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. Hello and welcome to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. I'm John Norman and alongside me this week, Gareth Batty. The question we are asking, is this the start of an Indian summer? That'll do nicely to finish it. You can keep the ball in the crowd. We don't want it back. Fabulous game of hitting high class from both teams. England beaten 2-1. We will talk about where it went wrong for Owen Morgan's men and where it went well for Virat Kohli's. Uh, meanwhile in England, though, the domestic T20 is being played out in front of bumper crowds and under sunny skies. Easy as you like. The Birmingham Bears open their account in this year's Vitality Blast. Yep, it's an old rivalry, but it's one that's gone Middlesex's way tonight. Uh, and we will talk with Middlesex's Nick Gubbins about their start to the campaign. Also casting our eye over the former Surrey man who might end up captaining Australia, Jack County Cricket, and look ahead to the ODI series between England and India this week. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. Gareth Batty uh, is with me in the studio. Good to see you, Batty. Well, uh, very well. See yourself. Well, I was uh, a little bit dismayed to see you walk in this morning. Not because you're here and Goffy's off in Russia, but more because uh, you're also flexing the kind of uh, khaki chino (laughs) flip-flop T-shirt look. And, you know, you're a professional sportsman and uh, I'm flexing the same kind of outfit, but I am a journalist. And, well, I'm not sure I really come come across uh, or come away from the comparison particularly kindly. Um, So I'm going to have to rethink my wardrobe next time you're in. Not sure about that. Mm. Uh, you well? All well at Surrey? I mean, top of the table. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the county championship. Um, not quite as a positive start in the uh, Vitality T20 Blast, but um, certainly interesting times not too far away from TalkSport Towers down the road at the Oval. Yeah, I mean, look, two losses in the first two games is not ideal. Of course it isn't. But there, be, there, there have been some real good positives for us that, um, you know, we don't have Jason, we don't have the two Currens, we don't have Finch. There are, there are a lot of players that are... Uh, that are sort of massive pillars within our team that are not around. And in both of our first games, we were in positions to to win them. Um, and and that's that's all you can ask for, really, as professionals. We've just got to find a way to get over the line, which uh, is the bit at the minute that um, we'll, we, you know, we've been training this morning and we'll be training every day this week to make sure we get right. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that. We'll talk about uh, T20 cricket in general. Middlesex's Nick Gubbins is going to join us on the show. Um but first off, I suppose it's uh, it's about England, it's about India. I mean, those scenes, what a country we live in, by the way, that can have 24 million people watching the football on an evening or listening to it uh, as England try and make it to the final of the World Cup. Um, you've got uh, queues forming in a leafier suburb of South London from five in the morning to watch uh, the tennis. Um, and you've still got full houses up and down the country and in Wales 
uh, for T20 cricket. I mean, I can't think of a of a nation um, that that can boast a population that just comes out to watch sport, different sports in the uh, the varying guises that we've got in this country. It's absolutely brilliant. I think it's amazing for sport in general and for kids, uh, getting kids out there and getting them playing all sports. It's not about playing one sport, it's about playing all sports because hopefully when they get to an age that they'll pick, all the motor skills of different sports rub off. You'll be a better sports person, whichever sports you pick. Um, and I think that's a brilliant thing, seeing kids everywhere, loving the football, loving the cricket, the tennis. I think it's amazing. The first time I've ever been to Lords, and it's not been all sort of shirt and tie and the, the straw hats and a little bit dowdy, it's coming on playing on the Tannoys at Lords during the 2020 game. That was it for me. I was like, this is what 2020 cricket, but this is what sport's all about. It's not just about, oh, I'm just a football supporter and nothing else, or I'm just a cricket supporter. Everything's rubbing in and merging into each other, which I think is a brilliant thing for uh, any young person out there. I think it's great. It's a great time for uh, the country. I think it's brilliant. I, th- I think you're right. I mean, here at Talk Sports, you know, we're known as a football st- uh, station at times, um, and quite rightly so. We, we mirror the, uh, the, the nation's favourite sport. But, you know, if you cast your eye around the production floor here at TalkSport and you, if you ask the question, who likes football? You know, pretty much every single person would put their hands up. Um, but if you were to ask us the follow-up question, who here only likes football, doesn't follow any other sport, I don't think anybody would stick their hand up because there's county cricket lovers, there's snooker fans, there's rugby enthusiasts, all of them. Um, so, yeah, it's a brilliant time and... Certainly the weather helps. Um, Okay, well, let's look at uh, the T20 series, okay? England uh, swatting aside Australia. 5-0 on the ODIs and then the uh, the one-off T20. And then India come come and knock in. Uh, A team that you, of course, played against uh, relatively recently for England. I mean, they just, for me, just seem to have... It's not so much the personnel. It's not so much the, the variety. It's not so much the stroke play or the power hitting. They just seem to have the mentality of a team that are are very used to winning, and that is complete opposite to what Australia brought to these uh, these shores a month or so ago. What a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I mean it's very easy to get carried away about how we swept aside Australia. Um, let's not forget the players that they're missing. We don't need to harp on about that. Very very difficult in su- in a short format of T Twenty and even fifty over cricket to replace world class players because actually it's those guys that get you in positions so that you can get the twenty five in fifteen balls that we saw uh, yesterday the young fella at the end um, with Sharma Sharma gets the plaudits for the hundred course he does because the hundred won the game our guys got to sixties and seventies which brilliant to watch and they smashed it everywhere it was brilliant it was amazing but for us to go to the next level. Um, we need those guys getting the hundreds. Um, and Australia didn't really even have the guys, you know, getting to the 50s and 60s to at least affect a game so that you've got uh, some sort of a total for the bowlers. Uh, the one thing I would uh, mention is, wow, pretty difficult for the bowlers with the wonderful weather that we're having. Some of the small grounds we're playing on. I think I saw it was 57 metres, one of the boundaries in, uh, I think in one Bristol of the straight yesterday. Bra- one of the straight boundaries. <laughs> if you're wow. fielding... Um, at mid-off, you're not far from the back. Oh, you're in danger. Particularly so if somebody ridiculous. like me's bowling, it's going to get rattled <laughs> at you at mid-off or mid-on. No, and I, I think um, I think England cricket is in a is in a pretty good place with the white ball. It really is. We're a, you look at how we line up. It's you know it's exciting, isn't it? And I think we're uh, we're moving in a wonderful place, and and we just need to look at. India just to say why are they just a tiny bit better than, and it's only a tiny bit. They're probably one. It's not a golf. It's one percent. Um, plenty of questions to come out of this series of games, the third one in particular, dropping Joe Root. Now, I didn't see that coming. No. Nope. Now, Paul, Paul Farbrace was quoted during the week saying it wasn't going to happen. So I'm not sure exactly what changed there. Stokes, how can you keep Stokes out the side? But um, were you surprised by, by that decision? And you've got to say it didn't actually pay off in the end. No, very surprised. Um, but they're at that point, aren't they? Who do you leave out? Um, you know, is it is it a Hales that's the next man off the line that you leave out? And he, he just won us a game at Old Trafford. Uh, do you leave out Jason Roy? Well, you can't leave out Jason Roy because he keeps getting runs for fun. The captain, I suppose, is probably the one man um, that maybe hasn't scored as heavily as some of the others, but he's the captain and he's got us into this wonderful place. You just go down the list. There's nobody um, that you could really leave out. So it was going to be that horrible decision for the person that had to have that conversation. I'm pretty sure that Root would have been a gentleman and magnificent about mm. it. Um, but um, 
I would always pick Root personally. Just it just gives you that bit of stability within a chaotic sometimes uh, atmosphere that you find yourself in. Twenty twenty, he's the guy that generally pulls us together. Definitely does in one day cricket. Uh, twenty overs, can we do without him? Oh, they obviously think so, but um, it was um, wow. That's pretty... It's a bit of a call. We're in a good place to be leaving out somebody as special as Joe Root. Let's, well, let's take the positive. Well, look, from the test captain to the one-day anti-20 captain, let's hear from uh, Owen Morgan. Tremendous start with the bat. Um, again, Jason Roy and Joss Butler proved quite a dominant force up top, created a great platform for us to capitalise on, and, and we didn't do it justice. We got ourselves up to about a power score and probably fell between 20 and 30 short. Just their execution of shots, trying to find a boundary, weren't quite there in the end. I thought we would have had to do something special with the ball, having only scored, like I mentioned, a, a par score, um, but that wasn't meant to be. When a guy like Rohit goes out and peels off 100, it's very difficult to defend on a ground like this. When you do play against Pakistan and India, uh, they do have a lot, uh, big following, so it's something that we're used to now. During India, for instance, uh, a couple of years ago, we, we talked about it quite a bit, and this series is no different. So it'll, it'll continue for the rest of the summer, it's not going to change. Um, but hopefully we can learn as we go along. And you know, this this series for us has produced three different performances. Uh, completely different one that turned at Old Trafford. Um, Cardiff ground was a bit bigger. Completely different aspect in which I thought we played really well. And today a high-scoring set for us, which is you know puts us under different pressure, um, which is nice. You know, we learn as we go along as much as we can and hopefully improve. Um, well, yeah, I mean, walking there, speaking at the end of the game, it, you're you're right in what you're saying, Bats. When you look at the the team, um, it's the captain himself that possibly wouldn't be in there if he didn't have that small C next to his name. Can't take anything away from his abilities as a captain or even as a as a batsman. But unless England go down the route saying, "Sorry, Johnny Besto," um, you know, is he really needed at number six? I'm not sure. You know, he's an opener, really, I, I, w- I would suggest, in this form. It's uh, it's difficult to see how Joe Root gets back into that side. Um, the other problem, of course, is, is that T20 has been the format that England have chopped and changed a lot. But do you think that Joe Root, it would just put more pressure on him with his intention to play in the IPL? Because if he's not playing for Yorkshire and he's not playing for England, um, you could almost see it. On, I'm sure it would be magnanimous in this, in, in, when he got the decision that he was going to be rested or dropped. But he wants to play IPL cricket. And being dropped for England isn't going to uh, help that happen. Well, it, it goes one of two ways, doesn't it? it, um, it it's something that's a real problem for Joe and he finds himself on the sidelines and, and very frustrated. Or he goes the other way and he, he somehow finds a way of getting into the team. How that it might be unfortunate for somebody with injury or whatever. And then he goes and absolutely sets the world alight. Um, it's, it's It goes one of two ways, doesn't it? It's either brilliantly positive for England and he finds a way of getting in and he absolutely scores millions of runs or uh we, you know arguably our our best all-round batsman isn't going to be playing um which is oh, i mean you're in a good place to be at that but if you're winning yeah absolutely. and if it doesn't you know sow some seeds of uh, discord down the line uh, plenty more to talk about this because uh, there's also a question about whether england are maybe being uh, a little bit too cute you know india came in with five bowlers they all bowled four overs uh, england's we're not uh, only Adil Rashid bowled his full quota in that third ODI, in that third T20. Uh, David Willey bowled three, Jake Ball bowled three, Chris Jordan Wood bowled four, in fairness. Liam Plunkett three, Stokes two, uh, and Rashid four. So if you're not going to bowl Ben Stokes out, it, you know, it's, and let's not forget, it was only that, it was only, what, a year and a half ago that Joe Root was the linchpin in the England batting order that helped them chase down 220 against South Africa in a world T20. Yeah, I think you look at the balance of the team uh, of India, the guys that you might be leaving out might be a Suresh Raina, um, who didn't bat yesterday, which is incredible. Uh, Pandya went above him at the end. Pandya went above Dhoni, uh, you know, the finisher. That's a sign of things, isn't it? I mean, it? that's just, mm. uh, you know, it's incredible that we're even talking about that happening. Um, so I, I think the two teams and two squads are in totally different places. I think... Um, India uh, were never really going to drop their two massive high-profile uh, sort of guys. Uh, Rainer definitely, I wouldn't have thought. Whereas England have made that decision, and mm. it, it it's shown to have, have, have bitten them a little bit. But I, I think it's 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 also a brave as long as the thought process is correct that this is how we're going to amass the total that we believe we need to get. Definitely 200 pitch by any stretch of the imagination. So how are we going to do it? 
if you've got a load of guys that go in and play a lot of shots, that's very high risk. Who's the who's the guy that glues all that together? And I suppose Rohit for India yesterday was the glue, but wow, what a performer he is. You know, the way he strikes the ball effortlessly, he's more in a, a root mould as opposed to a, a Jason Roy, a butler, who goes out and just absolutely smash it. There has to be a... Uh, you know, there's there's different ways to score the runs and there has to be a way of uh, of thinking about that. And I think Joe Root definitely fits into the format of some real smart, intelligent cricket uh, that we saw Sri Lanka win um, years ago. I think it was about five or six years ago. They won the World Cup with um, Mahela and Kumar, who yeah. were very much Joe Root type players. The touch, when all the others then can go out and bash it everywhere, but the real class will always be class. Uh, you're listening to Gareth Batty and myself, uh, John Norman. Uh, Darren Goff, well, he's away in Russia this week with Drive, uh, but you're still listening to his show. It's Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on TalkSport 2. Oh, that'll be six. It's flat, it's into the crowd, end of the fourth over, 43 without loss. There is a man out there, but he's just fetching it from the stand. Four, four, six. Again, outside off. Again, six. 50 for Roy and just 23 deliveries. Up in the air, Coley comes in. I don't think he's going to get much advice on that. That is a dolly. And Stokes has gone. And Doney practices the run out. Awareness from Doney. But that just shows how aware MS Doney is. Really entertaining innings there from England. Put into bat by India. 19 fours, 12 sixes. Chris Jordan's gone. 198 for nine. Down the pitch again. Chipped over mid wicket and chipped for six. Oh, has that been caught? It has. What a grab that is. Shikadawan can't believe what he's done. Brilliant from Jake Ball. Six off the second ball. Has it got the legs? Chris Jordan. Oh, what a catch. That is absolutely brilliant. Oh, what a screamer. Moves to 99. Fabulous innings. Absolutely wonderful from Rohit Sharma, his third T20 century. That'll do nicely to finish it. You can keep the ball in the crowd, we don't want it back. Fabulous game of hitting high class from both teams. India win the series 2-1. So that's how it played out on Sky, and thanks to Sky Sports for the audio there, and in the first section as well. Um, Gareth Batty, when you look at, uh, at India, I mean, you, you spent some time in the company of Virat Kohli a year and a half or so ago. Unfortunately, uh, you're supposed to be spending a little bit more time with him uh, in the last month, but he, he didn't make it to Surrey this year. Um, did you get from him? I mean, he seems like such an intense character on the field and uh, he speaks very well to the press. He seems to uh, to deal with uh, to deal with that much better than it possibly used to. Um, do you get from him a, a character that, knows how to switch off when he's away from the game or is he just is he on 100% of the time no i think from speaking to uh, sort of murali kartik and vikram Solanki and harvajan singh sort of when we're out in india um and you see him around the hotels and what have you uh, he'd, and he'd randomly just say hello and and have a chat he does seem very relaxed um away from the game um which is a great place to be because once you cross the line it's all about winning and he's definitely got that aura about him where he doesn't care less about anything else other than winning. Uh, he has those moments where he teapots, he'll stare at players, he'll shout at them. But I think they all know that once they get back in the changing room, it's all forgotten about. It's just because he wants excellence on the field. That's what he strives for. And he's not going to apologise for that. In the changing room, I'm sure he will be one of those guys that's going around everybody and arm round and 
I've got your back on this. And you can see they've got a very settled squad. There's not a lot of change in there. There's a couple of young fellas who've been added in and he showed some real faith in them by playing them uh, at Bristol the other day. And leaving out Yadav, I mean, that's an amazing thing uh, from the young man getting a five for only a game ago. So um, I think, and from what people are saying, around the change room, around the group, he's quite sort of approachable. He's pretty chilled about things. But there's a ruthlessness about the end product and he wants to win at all costs. Uh, it was one of the reasons uh, Zephyr Ansari gave for his decision to, to walk away from the game. Uh, not just Verrett Coley, but also the likes of Ben Stokes and Alistair Cook and Joe Root even. This, this, this inability, no matter what you're doing, to accept second best. Um, living... Every single ball. That's what Virat Kohli said he wanted to do. Yep. That's all right if you're doing 120 balls, you know, and uh, or twice a game, or twice in a day. But, you know, is that, can you maintain that? I mean, is that even possible? Is, is there no risk of real burnout, especially when you consider, you know, India play even more cricket than England do? Oh, they're obvious that there's huge, huge risk of burnout. You see it with some of the tennis players. Uh, they're amazing for three, four years. They win everything going and then all of a sudden they drop off a cliff. There's injuries um, and and you don't see them for a little while and then it takes a while to build yourself back up. That's just basically the top end of professional sport, which I will never, ever understand as a as a player. I've, seen, I've been around people that are at that level um, and there is an intensity about them. There is a drive that is a bigger drive than uh, I feel like I've got a drive, but compared to them, oh, it's uh, it's so even in. I mean, you've shared a dressing room. You, you mentioned with players like this. I mean, you've sat in a dressing room with KP and Ricky Ponting in recent years. Um, but is there, do you kind of look at them out, out, out one side of your your eye? And there is when, from the moment they walk in to the moment they leave, you just know there's something slightly different about them. Uh, there is to an extent. Um, uh, they've obviously got a God-given talent. Let's 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 of make course, no bones it's about not, that. It's not just mentality, of course, but it's coupled. It seems to me that at the very highest level, it's the the the, the drive and the ment- mentality is coupled with with talent as well, of course. Absolutely, and uh, and I think it it's evolved over my period of playing. When I was younger, I'd see these guys and I'd be like, "Oh, that's brilliant! You know what a talent!" and blah blah blah. Never really take in what they actually did, but uh, you know. KP, love him or hate him, you watch him train. He was always the first one there. He always hit more balls than anybody else. He always trained harder than anybody else. And it was just because he wanted to be the best at the end of the game. He wanted to be the man of the match. He wanted to be the man that people were talking about. Coley exactly the same. Um, Ponting slightly different. Ponting just an absolute cricket badger. Studies the game, loves the game, understands it. Now, I don't think he would switch off too much. He might switch off on a golf course. Or having a couple of beers watching, in a bar, but watching the greyhounds. But yeah, but but long and short of it, he's just he lives and breathes cricket, and it's not a problem for him because he loves it. It's just absolutely going through his body the whole time, twenty four seven. When you hear from Ricky Ponting, you know the, the the lengths he would go to the day before a game, he would take himself away and visualise what the opponents were going to, how they were going to try and get him out, how they were going to bowl, where he was going to score. Um, and then the next day he would go and stand on the on the pitch and go through the whole same process. I mean, that takes dedication. I mean, okay for the first year of your career when you're trying to get up to standard, but to be doing that 15 years in, the amount of time and mental effort that must have taken, I think, geez, that's incredible. Oh, it is absolutely incredible. And we saw it, with, we were very lucky to have Kumar Sangakara the last few years. There were certain games in his first 18 months where he turned up and you were like, he's guaranteed 100 today. Just really? absolutely. Yeah, you just knew. Right in a book, he's getting 100. He, there was just something, something different. He'd sort That's of... That's weird, isn't he'd it? He'd get up in a Is morning. Is he the only person that you've kind of got that feeling from? Yes. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, and how kept... often would you be proved correct that that was... He he would go out and make a score? Give or take every time, you know. eight, nine Just something about him he's, that he, day. Sort of eyes glazed over slightly. Um, when you were batting with him, we wouldn't really talk. Um, whereas normally, he's just so the best bloke in the world. Intense focus. Real intense, real meticulous about everything. Never affected anybody else, but you were just sort of, oh, he's on today. And wow. he, he genuinely, every time he got runs, more often than not, he got 100. It was quite incredible. That is extraordinary. It's also very interesting. Myself and Goff, we were out, were out in Dubai. Actually, you were there as well, weren't you? In the MCL, a, yeah. a tournament that most people have forgotten and others are trying hard to. Uh, it even happens. Um, and we interviewed, sat down with Kumar for half an hour. Yeah. 
he spoke so well as he as you know he does um it was after his first year at surrey and he was talking about folks and roy and uh burns uh with real fatherly pride actually and now he's behind the commentary uh he's in the commentary box and it's very interesting hearing him talking about surrey when he's commentating on them and he is still or in or england with the surrey players he's you can still hear in his voice that he cares how they do Oh, absolutely. And he's still on all our groups, you know, all the WhatsApp groups. Really? All the boys are, oh, he's still on him. He's taking the mick out of the boys like it's uh, like it's yesterday he was playing. Um, but I, I think he knows that the the extra year that he played with us, he made such a difference for the development of these players that we're seeing coming through. Uh, Rory Burns had the season of a lifetime and, you know, arguably should have been around the England setup, uh, might, A-level, might whatever, for be, the last yeah. two or three years. Might and he's get that chance this year. If absolutely, yeah. And it will, he will do this year, I'm sure. Um, you've seen Jason Roy go to another level. Um, the balance and the poise he's starting to get on a regular basis. Um, and we're seeing that on consistency of striking the ball because there ain't many better players of striking a ball than Jason. And then we see folks who's obviously away this winter, the Ashes. I mean, we've got the Curran boys. You know, we've just got a lot of very good young talent. And I think Kumar saw that and it excited him. And it was something he could actually leave a bit of a legacy to say, actually, I'm going to leave this place better than when I arrived because I can affect these guys. I can help them to hopefully get to the uh, the levels or somewhere near the levels he did. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Gareth Batty with me, John Norman. Uh, into the break. Let's just hear, though, looking back at that third T20. Uh, Virat Kohli uh, speaking about the win and the series as a whole. The comeback from the bowler especially was outstanding. At one stage, we thought... You know, they're going to end up getting 225, 230, which would have been really tough on this pitch. But I think the character they showed um, from after the start England got was something that uh, we're really proud of as a, as a bowling unit and as a team as well. And certainly myself as captain, very, very happy to see that. We knew that, you know, we have to make the batsmen feel that they will commit mistakes at some stage. Uh, and we have the quality to bowl those wicket-taking deliveries as well. I think um, we executed those pretty well and, um, you know, we applied decent pressure on the batsmen and pulled the game back nicely. You know, 25-30 runs in this format can be um, massive because you don't have that much time in the game. But I think the comeback from the bowlers, knowing it's a crunch game, was something that we are very proud of. It was difficult for the bowlers, I have to be honest. The pitch was really good to bat on. Um, you know, it was really, really flat and we enjoyed ourselves as batsmen. Uh, would have been cruel on any bowler, I guess. You know, England got 200 odd. We got them, um, you know, few balls to spare. So, I think it was a brutal day for the bowlers. Um, I don't like to look at hindsight and think, you know, we could have added another bowler. Uh, we backed something. We went ahead with it, and um, the guys produced the goods for us and came back really nicely. They did produce the good centuries, two century makers in the three matches. There's a, a fifer as well for a guy that they end up dropping for the last match. Uh, India looks strong in the T20s. Um, ODI is to come. It starts on Thursday. Trent Bridge, uh, a day-nighter there. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that with Gareth Batty later in the show. But before all that, we're going to be uh, turning our attention to T20 Blast, uh, the Vitality T20 Blast, and speaking to Middlesex's Nick Gubbins. All of that coming up here on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine 
and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. You're listening to Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. Um, a funky bed, I think, is what our producer Sam described this music as. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> He's 21. 21, Sam? <laughs> 24? 22. Yeah, when you stick four fingers up in the air, mate, that usually means... How does sticking four fingers up in the air mean 22? It means four. Oh, well, anyway. Um, there's been a, a series going on in Zimbabwe, which uh, normally wouldn't uh, create too much interest uh, for the wider cricketing public, but uh, Aaron Finch, a guy that you know pretty damn well, actually, um, one of the few to come out of the tour against England with some credit, uh, promoted back up the order, scoring runs, uh, and whilst Pakistan beat Australia in the final of this tri-series involving Zimbabwe, Aaron Finch uh, is being mentioned in dispatches as a potential captain of the T20 side. Um, for you, he was uh, he's a popular player within within the Surrey supporters. I'm not sure whether he's popular or not within the dressing room. Uh, you could probably tell me. Um, do you see him as captaincy, captaincy material? And... I suppose a follow-up question would be, if he can do well in the T20, then why not the ODIs as well? Because I'm not sure Tim Payne will be sticking around too long. Yeah, the one thing about captaincy in the in the shorter formats is you want the guy with a bit of experience, uh, played an amount of cricket, knows what he's going to do, knows, knows that he can fulfil his role. World record holder Finchie now, obviously, uh, can do that. Um, he's been around a lot of different franchises, been around a lot of different teams. And probably to this day, I've never met anybody that has a bad word to say about him. Really? So, so he's, a... he's a good stand-up guy. He's been great in our change room. You know, just a solid, good, honest guy. Um, and he's, he'll have some funky ideas. He'll have some very simple ideas. Um, I wouldn't think that that would be such a bad idea, if I'm brutally honest. I, I suppose the only downside would be he is connected with a lot of different franchises around the world. Um, maybe something might have to give to, to funnel a bit more time into um, into a captaincy job for us, really. He's always come across as a guy that desperately wanted to play test cricket as well. And he's playing for his country. is obviously very, very important to him. Uh, you mentioned nobody having a bad word to say about him. It just flashed into my mind, that <laughs> that run out involving KP. Were you, were you playing that day? I was, yes. And the cameras showed Finch's face. He was sitting outside the dressing room at the Oval as KP walked past him. Uh, he'd been absolutely sawn off by KP, hadn't he? And uh, run out... I'm not. Sure, I can't remember how many he made. Was there? Uh, were, you, were you party to the makeup, the kiss, and the cuddle after the uh, after the game? Was it? I think the changing room is like Vegas. What goes on in the changing room <laughs> stays in the changing room. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It was a bit cheeky to ask. Um, so Surrey's uh, T20 tournament hasn't got off to the best of starts. Um, not just because you're playing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've come close in both games. You have to say Middlesex and Kent, the two teams that they've gone down. I yep. know a lot of people have been talking about the, and you mentioned it yourself. Um, on and off air about the players that aren't playing, but that can't be an excuse for the fact that the the, the two games didn't go Surrey's way. Um, but it's also the kind of tournament that you can very quickly get on a bit of a roll and 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 start climbing the table. How how are you? How are Surrey assessing how it's gone so far? I, I, we've not got over the line. That's the that's the nuts and bolts of it. Um, we should have points on the board and we haven't, so that's not a positive. But uh, you look at both games we had uh, periods in the game that we we could have put our foot on the throat and got over the line and won both games which is a real positive when you say that there are a few people missing um the negative obviously isn't that we've got over the line um a really disappointing tough loss against kent um at the oval on friday nights um was um you know something we've got to um uh, you know Tie our shoelaces up and get that on. That was with a it bit now. of a shocker because yeah, I was, was I was away this weekend, um, but I was keeping an eye on the score, and you know, sorry, we're 130 odd for three, chasing 170. I thought that game was in the bag. Yeah, we were cruising. We were cruising. It, it was probably a, a 185, 190 pitch. It was flat as your hat. 
Um, and we were cruising it. We only needed sixes for the last ten, um, with eight wickets in the hutch. Um, so no, we that was that was a game that we lost rather than the other way around. Um, but um, th- those are all good learning curves if we learn from them. We can't make those mistakes again. Um, we're certainly in a better position um, as a squad for 2020 than I thought we would be. Um, there's been some players who've put, put their hand up. Foxy and Burnsy playing up at the top have played beautifully, striking at 200, both of them, um, which is a great, great thing for us because we've, we've got very good top-order players to come back in, Roy and Finch and, and uh, maybe a couple of others uh, that might want to go up the order. Um, and from the bowling, we've just been a bit inconsistent. Um, we've kind of got it right and we've kind of got it wrong. Um, but I think that is nature of the beast of 2020 cricket. The weather's amazing. Scores have been relatively good throughout the country. The one thing about the South group that we've always said, all teams beat each other. You could be sitting at the bottom as Hampshire, but we all know that they're a really, really dangerous team and they could beat Sussex tomorrow night if they were playing. Um, you've got to just get on your metal. You've got to start getting some sort of momentum. So that's our challenge. Get over the line. Find a way. Then once you're over the line for your first game, you're a chance of getting on a roll and then all of a sudden it, it snowballs. And we've seen it in the IPL with Mumbai and teams like that lose the first four, five, six games and still end up winning the comp. So it's certainly not panic stations, um, but we need to pull our socks up. Uh, Nick Gubbins was part of the middle six side uh, that played against Surrey at Lords the other day. Uh, came out on the winning side. Uh, Nick joins us now. Thanks for joining us on Darren Goss Cricket Week, Nick. Um, a bit, a bit of a, a strange start for for your boys as well. We're just talking with Gareth here about Surrey uh, losing their first two games. Middlesex started off well, but have lost a couple as well. It's uh, it must be a very easy tournament to go one way or the other, I suppose, in terms of of the form stakes. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, as Gareth put it, it's um, it's very much a game of momentum. And um, kind of one guy can swing it either way in, a, in any kind of game. It just takes one person to come off the bat or, or one bowler to have a day out with the ball. And it really does kind of flip the game on its head. So we we found that at Chelmsford the other night. Um, and also against Gloucestershire, we just didn't quite get our momentum going. But yeah, as Gareth said, you know, if, you, if you get one win away, then um, it kind of snowballs from now. And we really look forward to kind of putting on, um, putting on, putting on a stretch of matches, really. Hi, Nick Bats. Um I'm going to sit here now, a very jealous man, because you, you've got uh, arguably one of the best spinners ever in Dan Vittori in your changing room being your coach yeah. this year. What does he bring to the party? And I'm trying to pick your brains here because I loved watching watching him play and playing against him. What, what's he sort of bringing to the party for you, boys? Hi, Bets. Yeah, good to, good to see you again, obviously, after the other night. Um, I was kind of walking away from you last time, uh, last time I saw you and you were, you were going a bit mad. So <laughs> it was a straight one. It should have gone for six, pal. <laughs> I was looking to take you to the grandstand just before Sterlo obviously got out. But obviously, uh, <laughs> I was thinking no to one. And uh, yeah, just flipped on. So, uh, no, well bowled. But um, no, yeah, Dan Vittori, he's, um, he's, first of all, he's a really, really great guy. Um, so, it's, you know, it's just great to, you know, having grown up and watching him, it's great to be able to work with him. But he's just, a, he's he makes it a very, very fun environment for us. And, um, and obviously, he picks his brain too much about spin bowling because, Although I back my legs, then um, I don't back them that much. <laughs> uh, but it, no, he's a, he's a very relaxed guy, and uh, he he tries to just make us go out there and have fun and, and enjoy ourselves, and and yeah, never really take a ball off. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he can bring us success. But at the same time, it's also down to us players going out on the park, as you know. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, I want to ask you both this question. Actually, what's it like um, sometimes as a Surrey fan? I sit in the crowd, well, not so much over the last couple of years because I'm usually working, but I sometimes sit in the crowd at these T20 games. And at times, if I'm being totally honest, uh, say Surrey are playing middle six at the Oval or at Lords, for instance, and mm. Bats takes a wicket, not necessarily yours, but I'll jump in the air and I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know, really happy and punch, punch the sky. And at times I look around and I'll sometimes think that there's a lot of people in the crowd, uh, but they aren't all necessarily watching the cricket. Do you, do either of you two get that kind of feeling? Is it is it something that um, you think will change in time because suddenly you've got twenty thousand people in the ground that necessar- weren't necessarily there ten years ago? Um, but do you ever get the feeling that it's almost a social occasion first and watching cricket second? Do you want to go, um, Nick, or do you want me to? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, definitely. Yeah, there, there are times when obviously you're playing and. Um, and it does kind of seem like a big free drinks for, for those city workers. But it does seem like that sometimes. But 
I think at the same time, when you when you have a close contest, especially like the one we had the other day at Middlesex against Surrey at Lords, you know, it turned out to be quite a quite a close game in the end, and, and I think everyone was on their seats. And it's also a bit different when you go to other places like Chelmsford. I'm sure Gareth knows them. They are they are watching the cricket and they're right on your case when when you're on the boundary. So you get a few um, strange strange things uh, thrown at you then. But uh, but yeah, there. Are, it I think it depends on the quality of the game. If if it's you know drab T20, which which isn't really kind of a contest, then um, then it can be a bit of a pre-drink. So when when a game of cricket's good, like it was the other night, I think everyone's kind of enthralled with it. Yeah, I think I agree, I agree with Nick to an extent there. Um, I think it's slightly different north of the river because they've all got shirt and tie on and they're a little bit snuffy about it. Whereas down <laughs> south, we're, uh, we've all got pint pots on our heads and shouting and just living the dream, as it were, that evening. Um, but it's something that um, certainly at the Oval, at Keir Oval, we've tried to sort of um, get a bit more sort of surification, shall we call it. So the flags are handed out and, and trying to, particularly the younger fans, um, who are probably there for Surrey anyway, trying to get their parents and, and, and that sort of thing, a bit more into the Surrey sort of vibe. And, and like like Nick said, you know, you, you're always going to have your city boys who are having a few drinks and it's just nice to be a prelude to their night out sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, returning to the cricket, I suppose, Nick, um, big season for you, uh, not just with Middlesex, but of course England aspirations as well. Um, Division 2 cricket, Middlesex, I suppose, it hasn't really happened in a way that ma- many observers forecast um haven't possibly won as many games as you're expecting but again must be a, a difficult season uh returning to division two how do you weigh up how the season's gone on a personal level and also for the team yeah i mean beginning with the team it's it's one of those you know kind of those early matches um there was a lot of rain around and at the time it was almost a flip of the coin of who was going to who was going to win the match or not I, I remember some of the pitches that i had a look at, you know, I was out injured with a hamstring, but I was looking at the pitches and like, Jesus, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not playing as a batsman. It's almost, you know, a flip of the coin of who wins it really. And that, we, we got on the wrong side of a couple of those um, and also on the right side. So it, it, it kind of gave us a bit of a stutter to the start of our season. You know, at, at Middlesex, we pride ourselves on, on playing, you know, similar to test cricket, you know, long games, um, you know, bowling maidens, batting long and, and trying to take everything long. Whereas in Division 2, everything happens in a bit of a flash. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it, we, we definitely have taken some time to adjust to, to Division 2. Um, and uh, also with that pink ball game, obviously, the other day at Kent, we, we were rolled out for under 100 twice um, in some strange, you know, quite interesting conditions by all accounts. So I think... Um, all we need to do, you know, coming up for the rest of the season is, is try and get on a roll as a team. And, and you know, as soon as you put a, put together a couple of wins, then, then you do climb that table quickly, um, as as Gareth knows, having been there. Yeah, Nick, you've started personally, apart from the injury and whatever, you've started really nice, haven't you, in the Champo? I think you're, am I right in saying you're averaging plus sort of 70 um, and in a pretty good place personally? Is that from... Uh, a big winter sort of England stuff and, and working hard or, or is it just something you've extended from previous uh, good years you've had? I, I think it's probably more of an extension. I think last year clearly, you know, didn't go, go to plan for me personally and also Middlesex. And I, I just think, you know, having, having had an actual, having had that injury at the start of the season, it, it did give me a bit of time off um, in between the winter tour to actually come back, refresh and also just grew a few technical things that you probably would be able to do if you weren't on a winter tour. So it did give me a bit of breathing space, which then I think has allowed me to, to start the season and, and kind of hit the ground running, really. Um, and obviously missing out on those early early conditions I would, would help any batsman. So I think I'm fortunate in that respect, but I think it's it's just a continuation of, of the years gone by. You know, in cricket, sometimes things go well, sometimes they don't. So it's a very fine line between failure and, uh, and success. So... I think um, you know this year. You know, so far it's fallen, fallen slightly on success, but you know it can it can very quickly change to failure um, without not much changing at the same time. Brilliant stuff, Nick. Well, look, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, we're going to be uh, exclusively um, broadcasting live coverage of the Sri Lanka series later this year, so uh, you never know. We might see you there. <laughs> yeah, you never know. But yeah, thanks very much for having me, guys, and uh, wishing wishing you and Sarah all the best, Gareth. Yeah, good luck for the rest of the season, pal. Go well, eh? Cheers, cheers, guys. Thank you. Online and on DAB Digital Radio, Darren Goff's Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2.
You're listening to Daryl Goss Cricket Week on Talk Sport 2. Goffey is away in Russia, hopefully cheering England on to victory in the World Cup. I'm alongside Gareth Batty. Uh, could it possibly be, Gareth, that in the last uh, two months I could see Fulham win uh, the uh, playoff final at Wembley, get promoted to the Premier League? England win the World Cup, which is just ridiculous, and Surrey win the championship because I, I'm taking an eye. Look at this table here. Played seven halfway through the season. Uh, one five. Only team in both divisions uh, yet to suffer a defeat without wanting to jinx it terribly. Um, but it's been really impressive stuff, isn't it? I mean, a lot has been spoken about uh, uh, the, the captaincy and the form of the captain Burns. Um, Ollie Pope, I mean, his record... <laughs> Is absolutely sublime. But, you know, it's key passages of play, isn't it? Just like we were speaking earlier, it's key passages of play let Surrey down against Kent. Um, halfway through that Yorkshire game up in Scarborough, for Surrey to come back from a deficit of 80-odd runs, to even hold them to that at one point, actually, yep. and to comprehensively beat a team like Yorkshire on their own patch, to do the double over them now, it, they're, the, I'm sure, at the end of the season, the team will look back on and go, you know... They, they, they are crucial moments, not just in that match, but in the seasons, which hopefully, uh, without getting, I know you won't get too far ahead of ourselves, um, could be a very successful one. Yeah, look, the, the guys have been going in a good direction for a while. Um, and the fact that we've played on surfaces that have allowed you to take 20 wickets this season has made a huge difference uh, with Ricky Clark, uh, young Sammy Curran. Uh, Moni Morkel, Amir Verdi coming in at the start of the season and bowling really, really well. Um, we've taken wickets, which in a weird way has taken pressure off the batters. Uh, they can just go out and play and they can watch and play the ball and it's merit. Um, and our top three uh, sort of run scorers in Burns, Pope and Folks have been quite magnificent. Their numbers on some of the surfaces that we've played on uh, are, are through the roof. It's brilliant and oppositions haven't been able to live with us. So it's kind of that ability to take 20 wickets, which means we can win games rather than previous years have been a lot of draws and not losing particularly, but not winning particularly. Uh, you get on that roll that like we were talking about 2020 cricket and you can see some young fellas are putting out some great performances. Um, I think the club has been in a good place for a little while, um, but uh, I certainly think Rory taking over the captaincy has been a brilliant thing. It's a new energy. It's a new burst of life. It's been great for him on a personal level. Um, I didn't think he could take his batting much further than it, it, it was previously because I think he's been magnificent for two or three years, but he has done. Um, and he's transferring that into white ball cricket now, which uh, would have been something that people questioned. Um, and I think it's been good for the whole group. It's revitalised and, and got us into positions to win some games. And five out of the seven, you know, if we were winning five games in a season before, we, we were saying say. we'd win the championship uh, because of the batting points. So, no, it's a great place to be. Has Burns changed? Has he grown with the role? Are you watching a man who's possibly walking around the Oval with a little bit more um, assurance in his step? Not that I'm suggesting he didn't have that before, but of course it was the unknown. It's a huge, a huge challenge for any player to become captain of a club, especially one with such a history, rich history as Surrey. But to to find his to lead his team into this position, but also to be leading from the front with the with runs as well, he, he must he must take so much confidence from that. Oh, yeah, he must take huge confidence from it. But it's not a surprise, as far as I'm concerned. Um, from two or three years out, it was always Burns takes over the captaincy and takes us forward in a great place. Um, I think um, he's been the standout opening batter in the in the championship who's not played for England um, in the last four years, probably. And I think numbers Especially back that in up. that position as well, yep. I suppose, opener. 100%. Uh, numbers back that up. And I, he's doing a great job as captain. Uh, Nick Gubbins, who we just had on a few moments ago, says something that if Goffey was here, I know exactly what he would have said. <laughs> and that is that essentially there are, there are pitches out there where a toss of a coin will determine who wins the match. Yes. Right? Now, Goffey would be of an opinion that that's possibly one of the reasons why we've seen two outsiders win the title in the last couple of years. Yep. Um, and he also suggests that that's why when we go to Australia, we can't bowl anyone out because you don't get the same kind of pitch assistance um would you say that the standard of pitches is too result heavy it's such a fine line isn't it every county club is there to produce england players of course it is um we're a sport that that domestically that is our job uh, and yes surrey want to win trophies yorkshire want to win tro whoever want to win trophies of course they do but ultimately cricket is strong if the england team is strong um there has to be a balance but i mean i've had a bugbear for years that 
Durham, for instance, played on pitches where nobody could get over 200. It seemed around everywhere. They were they had seam bowlers who were taking 80 wickets a year, and yet a uh, few of them didn't play for England. And as soon as they got on flat pitches, they didn't get a wicket. And yet we turn up on a pitch that spins on day four and everybody's going absolutely bonkers about Somerset playing on turning pitches. Well, the ball's only going half a foot, but the ball was seeming half a foot at Durham. So I, I just think it's all wrong and, and in the wrong order. We go to the subcontinent, every comp- everybody complains we can't play the, the turning ball. Well, as soon as the ball goes off the straight for the spinners, everybody's up in arms saying, well, that's rubbish, it shouldn't happen. And I suppose to the to the other extreme, for the for the bigger lads, the fast bowlers, you know, could we play on some quicker pitches, which is difficult to get. One, because of our climate. Two, and every single groundsman out there will be absolutely going mad if they're listening to this. The ring drains that we've put in around our squares are killing the surfaces that we play on. So we have to leave grass on it for the surface not to die. Sounds like another hour of show, to be honest. There's a lot, there's a lot of topics there. Uh, Gareth, so much. Uh, so, so enjoy the last hour. Thanks so much for, uh, for stepping in. Uh, always an absolute pleasure. Um, and we'll be seeing you over the summer and throughout, of course. Uh, for those of you listening on Talk Sport 2, you're in luck. An interview with uh, Hassan Khan about to come on the show in the next hour, the second hour of Darren Goff's uh, Cricket Week. Uh, Hassan uh, is such a, an interesting character. I actually met him, Gareth, at uh, a diner's club uh, lunch at the Oval. Wow. He was on the guest speakers. A brilliant guy. So that's coming up. Uh, if you're just into the podcast, well, um, you'll just have to try and find that interview online somewhere. Uh, but thanks for listening. Goffey might be back next week. We're not quite sure. It depends on flights from Russia, I suppose. Um, but uh, you're listening to Talk Sport 2. As I say, Hassan Khan coming up on Talk Sport 2. Uh, but if you listen to the podcast, thanks for listening. It's Darren Goss Cricket Week and it's on Talk Sport 2. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.